from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. It's after the hour of 11 o'clock, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, bottom of the hour or thereabouts, our friend Dave Sproul from KASI in, in Ames. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. 1430 on the AM dial. Dave is... Uh, Tuned in to Matt Campbell's teleconference, and once that ends, we will get Dave in here to uh, help us with the clones. Right now, Bama, Bob Trent, and I go around college football. Bama, as always, good to speak with you. I want to start with uh, one of your tweets from this past weekend because, look, Allison Williams, who uh, was uh, at Kinnick Stadium, uh, the sideline reporter for Wachusen and Orlovsky, they talked about it, but Allison Williams was choked up. It was her first time seeing the wave. You tweeted, the wave at Kinnick Stadium is absolutely my new favorite tradition in all of sports. Kudos to whoever thought of it. Seeing a Hawkeye game is now a bucket list priority for you. It's a great, great uh, tradition, Bama. It caught on instantly, and it moved to a lot of people's, you know, uh, uh, top of their list as to wow moments in college football. And from what we, you know, from uh, announcers that get there for the first time and experience it, uh, even Fitzgerald yesterday or on Saturday, he mentioned uh, how badly he wanted to see it in person. Pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Ken. And, you know, it, it's it's just one of those things that I, I don't know how it caught on or who started it maybe or whatever. But uh, I just remember a few years back when I saw it, I guess, for the first time. Um, and I remember it was an Ohio State game. And it was with Urban Meyer and and even the Buckeyes, you know, on their side of the field, you know, and, and listen, <laughs> very few, you know, Urban Meyer, Ohio State fans in, in the state of Iowa, and I get it, and I get why on the field, but you know, even they took time out and to just kind of wave, and you know, I, it's such a simple gesture, but to me, it, it's just so powerful in, in what it means, and and those kids and their families that are. You know, let's face it; they're just going through hell, and it's just—it's just something, you know, that maybe uplifts them, puts a smile on their face, you know, for a day or so. And, and I've always thought it was great. I did, and, and you're right. I mean, it, maybe it was, you know, the the sideline reporter kind of getting choked up, you know, about it. And, and when you really stop and think about it, and maybe it's just the fact that I've got a a grandson now who's 15 months old, and, and think. Thankfully, you know, as far as we know, just healthy and happy and, and everything. And, and I, I don't know. It, it's just it's just such a, a simple but powerful gesture, and it's become a tradition, and it's just absolutely one of those things that I want to experience now. I've always wanted to go to Kinnick Stadium, but I, I just I just absolutely want to experience that and and i'm, I'm going to get choked up when it happens i just i can tell you right now mm-hmm. you know the 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 first time i'm there and you know who knows how many times after is it's it's going to get me and and that's i think that's why maybe it is so good is because it really makes you think about 
you know, everything that it really does mean. It's just, like I said, so simple and powerful, but the message behind it and, and what it represents is just fantastic. And it, when you're there, Bama, it does take it to another level. Now, I sit in the stands, I don't sit in the press box, and our seats are the children's uh, hospitals right over our shoulders. So we turn yeah. around, and that moment, there is something about it being inside that stadium. It's emotional. I, I've been a part of it, I don't know, 25 times, 30 times. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and every single time, it still gets you. And, and the song, and you look around, and you look up there, and you catch eyes with one of the young kids or a parent up there. Yeah. Every single time. It, it's amazing. Like you said, it's one of the simplest things to do, one of the easiest things to it do. Is. But the way this took Brilliant. off. Krista Young is uh, the young lady that came up with the idea. She passed it along to Hawkeye Heaven, who posted on their Facebook page. Wasn't it her and two of her friends? Yeah, yeah. She just sent a message to them saying, hey, this would be a great idea as the construction was finishing up there at the Steed uh, Hospital. And and that's what it turned out to be. It's it's amazing, Bama. well, once we get back to normal, I got you a ticket, and you can tailgate with me all day long. We'll <laughs> have a good time. Go. There you go. By the way, I, the- I, I'm I, I'm in all the way, and I think the, the 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 great thing for me is, and I'm I'm sorry, it's just it's not just an Iowa thing now. Mm-hmm. You know, no. it's really caught on, not only around the Big Ten, but you know, with with the national telecast that Iowa's had on ABC and and some of these, you know, the primetime games that they've had the last few years, it's just really caught on, and like I said, it, it, it's it, it's just so simple and powerful, but what it represents is just is just amazing to me. I can't can't wait to get there. I really can't, and it has just moved way up on top of my list of things to do. Um, for those Hawkeye fans that uh, that had enough of Bob Wyshuzin and Dan Orlovsky with their call last week, they get them again this week. It's uh, <laughs> they're on the call for Michigan State, Iowa boys. Let's go around college football. We do so alphabetically. We start the Power Five conferences, anyways. Although maybe we should find some time for Cincinnati. Yes, they look as though they belong. Yeah. But the ACC boys, uh, Trent, we'll start with you. Uh, Clemson was in a fight. They were, yeah, uh, but they survived. And here comes Notre Dame next week. Just uh, your takeaway strength in the ACC. Jerkovic is a nice quarterback, but a couple of incredible plays. One, the true freshman that comes in on fourth and three and completes the pass to get Boston College a first down and and keep them in the game as uh, as Jerkovic got hurt or had his helmet knocked off, had to come out for one play, goes in fourth and three, completes the pass. And Testator, who you know yes. is not my favorite broadcaster. Right. At the moment. Ugh. That moment, yes. it made me yeah. thinking of uh, my young son Jack and yeah. I don't think he's probably ever going to play right. football at a high level. He's probably going to be just a guy that's a holder if he's out there. <laughs> and I, I can only imagine doing a Valley yeah. game and all of a sudden Jack's going up there on a, as uh, Coach Swenson in his 90s is up there. <laughs> hey, we got Jack up there uh, trying to sneak, uh, sneak it across for a yard. That was an incredible moment. Yeah. But Clemson, they were in a dogfight mm-hmm. there and he could really see the quarterback. You go, Lely? Close enough. They they you they opened it up a lot more for him in the second half and he's comfortable. How about Bam? I want to get your perspective on this. How surprised were you right away after the game, Dabo Sweeney, saying that Trevor Lawrence is out again this week? That, isn't that something where you'd make Notre Dame think for the week and prepare for two mm. guys? Uh, you know, I I don't know. I think to me, I, I get what you're saying, um, but look, I think it. It may be smart just to get out in front of it. You know, that ends all the speculation. It ends all the questions during the week. This is by far their toughest game. Um, it doesn't, you know, now obviously internally they're going to know what's happening, but, you know, it, it, it gets the whole, 
you know, hey, what about Trevor Lawrence's status? You know, all the, all the questions out just out of the way. And, and, and he's absolutely right. I mean, it wouldn't take a genius to figure out the math. I mean, I'm no math wizard, but, you know, basically given on the protocols, there's no way he could play. If they, if they adhere to the protocols, he's got to be out, and he misses it by like a day. So I think it's maybe kind of good to get out in front of it. But, um, you know, listen, you're right. I'm no Tessator fan either. I mean, I think we've covered that. But that had to be a cool moment yeah. for him. And, and the way he handled it, I thought, was, was really professional. I mean, he didn't get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. He didn't, you know, he didn't uh, – he just called it like he would any other play. But, you know, it had to mean a lot to mm-hmm. him. And, you know, I guess my other take, uh, you know, that game – you know, it, it like you said, they really. I, I think they took the leashes off of him in the second half. I mean, they just because, mainly because they had to. They weren't going to win yeah. playing the way they did. Uh, you know, it, Etn is he's just a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he fumbled going in. Uh, that you know, and what a switch that was. Really, that was a fourteen point swing. But um, listen, I still think they're the best team without Lawrence. It's going to be really interesting, though, if they go into Notre Dame and lose without Trevor Lawrence. Where does the committee mm. factor that in? Um, you know, if we could get them in a rematch, obviously, but had, think about had they lost this game and then they lost to Notre Dame, that you know took them out of the ACC championship, but both were without Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Where does that put them? But you know, if they didn't, they won. The other thing for me out of the ACC is North Carolina is a fraud. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have been thought they were um, losing to a one and four Virginia team. All of a sudden they can't play defense, um, and so you know it's going to come down. I think Boston. I'm sorry, Clemson, Notre Dame for the ACC. Uh, Virginia Tech, nice win against Louisville. They may be the third best team, but um, it probably still is a one team conference. Maybe a one and a half. We'll find out after this. All right, let's go to the Big 12, guys. My, my biggest takeaway from the conference was uh, this was a bad win for Iowa State. I'm talking about Texas beating Oklahoma State, perhaps. Yeah. I know there's a lot of football left to be played, but I would have liked uh, Oklahoma State to stay perfect and really to you know put a, put an end to Texas and any thoughts that they have of finding their way back to that uh, two-line uh, in, in, the, in the Big 12. But Sam Ellinger was an incredible down the stretch in the football game, uh, leading his team back uh, when he needed to, sending it into overtime they found a way to do it and won it in ot um wallace was incredible in that game boy he's unbelievable oklahoma state stars yeah. showed up boys bama your takeaway from the big 12 yeah i'm with you on that um you know i thought at first it, it did iowa state a favor you know because of, hey oh you know now they're you know they're they're tied for first but you know then the more i thought about it and i think we were t- texting it you know it would have been nice just to bury texas yeah. um you know but they couldn't, you know, give him credit. I mean, you know, Ellinger, like you, like you said, I mean, good Lord, this kid, he is just nails. Yeah. Um, I still think Oklahoma State and Iowa State are the best two teams, but Iowa State's going to have to go out and prove it now uh, because if they don't, all of a sudden, you know, that brings Texas, like you said, back into the two-line uh, in that conference. Uh, Oklahoma, Jeez. maybe a little too late for them. Yep. Uh, and I don't know how good Texas Tech is. Um, I really don't, but you know, listen, coming off a bye, they fixed a lot of things, um, or, you know, at least for one week, Rattler was okay. Um, but, you know, then the other one is, you know, sorry, Ken, but, <laughs> you know, West Virginia kind of did a number on your walk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Never gave him a uh, chance. Morgantown. I, I just, I just couldn't, 
I could never wrap my head around them being the best team in the Big 12. And, and I, you know, listen, maybe they, maybe they went out and surprised us. Who knows? This is such a crazy year. You never write off anything. But I, I just thought that I, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around them, uh, being that good. But you're right. Texas is a story. Oklahoma State. Iowa State, I think, still the best two teams, but Iowa State now is going to go have to go out, probably go down to Austin and prove that. Yep. Trent, anything in the Big Twelve? I, I think Oklahoma is the best team. Playing I, well, the two fourth quarter collapses against K State and Iowa State, notwithstanding, this is the most talented team. Rattlers becoming more and more comfortable here, and I think ultimately it's going to be like. Basically, as every season, Sooners are going to be the one that wins that championship. But now with Oklahoma State with the loss. No playoff for the Big 12. We said it after week one with all those losses to the Sun Belt. I think we can officially say they're going to need a ton of help to get a team in the college football yeah. playoff. And we'll, we'll get into our fourth team because we're like, we don't have to do the first three, right? right. In any order, Alabama, Clemson, uh, uh, we'll, and uh, obviously Ohio State. Let's get to the Big 10. Trent, we'll start with you. Um, look, we talked, Minnesota's just defense is just atrocious. Uh, Harbaugh's got to be a story. What's your biggest takeaway? I think it is the Michigan State-Michigan game, the way that it played out. And and now the the game plan in place, how you beat Don Brown's team. Ohio State can do it because they just have better players than everybody else. But now you look at, this is not a good Michigan State team. This is a Michigan State team with, at best, an average quarterback in Rocky Lombardi. Their best wide receiver is a true freshman. But what you do, you get the ball quickly out, but you do it up the field. No underneath stuff. You go up the field, and that's how you beat Michigan, and their defensive backfield is bad at the Wolverines. That's how you beat them. The game plan is there. Now our team's going to be able to figure it out. Not the Buckeyes of the world, but everybody else. This is how you beat Michigan. How did Milton look? Uh, okay. Just okay? Yeah. yeah. And you know I wasn't a big believer after that no. first week, and, and it goes down a step here. I'm uh, Michigan. Now where does Harbaugh go? What happens? They're not winning the division. Nope. They're not getting to the championship game. And, and he can't beat his rivals. He can't beat Michigan State or Ohio State. Is it time for him just to That's say, you know what, question. it's time to take that NFL job? That's a fair point. Bama, your takeaway from the Big Ten? Yeah, Michigan would be the story uh, for all the reasons Trent said. Uh, Milton, I thought, you know, oh, man, God, this guy physically, man, God, this guy looks like Cam Newton. Um, mm-hmm. But, and he does, uh, but, man, he just, it was. It's kind of like one read and done uh, for them. And and we thought Michigan State would play better. They did. They gave away the game against Rutgers in Week One. Was it six, seven turnovers? Ridiculous, whatever it was. But um, you know, Ohio State clearly. I think the class of that conference, not only the division but the conference. Yep. How about Purdue and Northwestern sitting atop the <laughs> yep, West right I know. now? Both two and zero. Oh. Yeah. Listen, bad loss for Iowa. I think. Yep. I mean, home loss. We talked about it. You know the. You know, the thing off the top, but I mean, when you get on the field, you can't be happy with that. I don't think if you're an Iowa fan and Indiana, all of a sudden, 2 and 0 with Michigan coming to town. Purdue, Northwestern, I mean, and Indiana all 2 and 0. Yeah. I mean, how about, how about Indiana? If you, if somehow, and I give them a chance, I mean, who do they how, have, Bama? The last time, uh, they've got Michigan coming this wow. week. I mean, how about, if they were to pick off Penn State and Michigan two out of the first three weeks of the season, I mean, good Lord. I mean, but listen, it's Ohio State in that conference. I think that's proved Penn State's done. Michigan's, you know, probably done. Um, I, I Listen, 
I'm, I'm all over Purdue. You know Purdue's my guilty pleasure. Yeah. I'm all over them. Don't know if they can hold up. And it's going to be real. I'm going to be fascinated, guys, to see how this canceled, and it's not postponed, but this canceled Wisconsin-Nebraska game. I know they've got a formula in there somehow. It's winning percentage, number of wins, or whatever it is. But, I mean, if, if Wisconsin winds up tied – with one or two teams at the end of the season and played one less game, how are we going to settle that? Bam and I, I don't know I how they for about six weeks. I, I'm with you. And sorry to interrupt. I don't know how they can play this week. I mean, they had more positives no. throughout 22 the weekend. Positives, Ken. That crazy. They can't. I mean, this is just and it's not their fault. And it's penalizing Nebraska a little bit too. I don't think they're really going to be a factor. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because they've lost a game and whoever they're going to play this week if they don't you know we'll lose a game and it's just that's just too much i mean it's, it's just too much i don't i don't know they they obviously have something that's out of control there and, and they can't get a handle on it and the big 10 is just you know they've said this is our protocol it's 21 days and it's a week longer than anybody else and it is what it is and um but yeah to me Man, Purdue Northwestern, let's go. Mm. Uh, let's go to the SEC. I want to start, if you will allow me, uh, obviously out of control. We'll get to the Florida-Missouri uh, brawl at the end of the first half. Trent, thanks for texting Bam yeah. and I and alerting us yeah. as I moved over. Uh, here, here's my takeaway. Texas A&M and, and, and Kellen Mond are putting it together. Um, my, yep. my guilty pleasure is Kentucky. My guilty pleasure player is Felipe Franks for what he went through early in his career, just getting a snot kicked out of him. Uh, he's having a really good year at Arkansas, and I like the Arkansas story. Uh, but this A&M team, boys, look, I think they're a notch below, but, but A&M's, a, a, A&M's to be dealt with here before this thing uh, comes to a conclusion. Uh, Trent, SEC. For me... I kind of joked after that first game, Coach O, being on the path of Gene Chizik. Yeah, he might be on the path. Now, oof, 48 points to Bo Nix and Auburn. 48-11 the final there. That defense, how about Bo Pelini, the court, coordinating yeah. that pathetic defense? So that's the first move. Pelini will be fired after this year. He'll bring in a new defensive coordinator. But if we're back to normal next year and LSU is a middling 6-6, and 7-5 mm. and five type of team, Bama, you know better than me. They pull the plug that quickly on their guy down there in Louisiana? I think they would um, because it's going to, listen, <laughs> you know, he won it all last year, okay? It wasn't just like he won the West or won the, you know, went to the playoff or whatever. He won the whole thing. That ought to get you two years. And I'm I'm throwing this year out, guys. I, I don't know that, you know, Tom Herman, Orgeron, any, any coach that's on the hot seat ought to – Everybody gets a pass this year, I think, because it's just so unprecedented. All that said, it is historic the way they are losing these games. I mean, Costello lights them up for 600-plus yards in the opener, and we thought, well, you know, ah, Stingley didn't play and all this kind of stuff. They've scored, what, seven offensive points in the last three games? Mississippi State has, and yet they were able to put up those numbers on LSU. We saw Missouri light them up. Auburn, which had just has not been very good offensively, should have lost to Arkansas, could have lost to Ole Miss, and this game just wasn't competitive from the jump. I don't know what is happening down there. The, how Bo Pelini still has a job today is astounding to me, but to answer your question, Trent, uh, they'll give him some leeway because they've got a banner 
hanging <laughs> yeah. in that stadium, yeah. uh, a recent one. Uh-huh. But it's not going to be much. And and it, the, the, listen, you know how the narrative's going to go. It's going to go back to well, it was Burrow, it was Aranda, just it was like with Chiswick, it was Newton. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's he caught lightning in a bottle. Okay, and he, maybe he did because you know Burrow just Boy, he's forced good. my Tennessee Titans yesterday, yeah. and, and you know, thank you, but. <laughs> He's not going to have a long lease because I don't think there were a lot of people. They everybody gets excited because he's so fiery in his accent and you know all the, the you have to almost have subtitles when he's on the television. But he's <laughs> he's one of them. But you know, being one of they're not they're not going to put up with this. They they put up with eight and three, you know, in a, in a transition year. But they're not going to put up with getting destroyed and not being competitive. So. Um, yeah, but that's one thing. And Ken, I think you're absolutely spot on on A and M. I mean, Mond has found something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but after that Alabama game, he has found something against Florida. He's kept it going. Can they see it out? That's the big question. They got they've got LSU. They've got Auburn left. Uh, I would favor them right now in both of those games. And um, man, I don't know. It, it's it's I don't know what clicked with him, but something clicked. And give him credit. Give Jimbo Fisher credit because there were a lot of people after that Alabama game calling for his job and a, and a switch at quarterback. Uh, not Jimbo's job, but just, hey, listen, this isn't working. And he stuck with him, and he's been rewarded for that because they, they might be the third-best team in the conference right now um, in, in, in climbing. Uh, well, it didn't click, but it snapped, and that's Dan Mullen in, in Florida. I don't want to spend any time. We just it's just crazy. If you haven't seen it, you can find it. I'm sure uh, all all over. He's the... lucky. He's go- he's lucky. He's coaching this weekend. Obama, when he you, came out co- for a curtain call after going down the tunnel to get the crowd more fired up, what a what a disgrace. Um, well, it is, and this is on the heels of that whole hey, we want to put ninety thousand right, in the swamp, right, okay? right, right, you know all that kind of stuff, and and, and but there's video of him, Ken. He comes off the sideline and goes straight for the Missouri players. He yep. goes past the officials. He goes past the coaching staff. And he goes right directly for those players. And that basically incited a brawl that's cost him at least two, probably going to be more after the SEC looks at it. He is just damn lucky that he's coaching on the sideline this weekend. And he's not suspended for the Georgia game because, you know, I think he – all things being equal, he should be suspended for this game, but he won't be. All right, guys, we got uh, li- literally a minute left. So, two part question: the game you're most looking forward to this week, and who's number four? Trent, number four for me, BYU. BYU could have been an okay. Iowa Hawkeye, <laughs> and we're going to find out a whole lot more about Zach Wilson and company okay. this week as they go up to Boise. But as I'm looking around, Georgia, I just don't love it with oh, yeah. their offense. They struggle against Kentucky. Everybody has warts. BYU, they haven't played anybody, but why not? In this crazy 2020, let's give it to the Cougs. That is that. And uh, for my game of the weekend, oh boy. It's got to be Florida, Georgia. Yeah, I think so, too. That's where I'm Notre going. Notre Dame, Clemson's pretty darn good. Right. Alabama, who's number four and what game are you looking most forward to? I'm going to stick with Georgia right now. Um, I just think their, their, their defense is pretty much the best in the conference, although Alabama is getting a whole lot better, which is scary. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, but you could throw BYU. You can convince me of BYU. You can make an argument for Cincinnati. Um, but right now, I'm just going to – Dick, tried and true with Georgia. Notre Dame can prove me wrong this weekend. I don't care if Lawrence plays or not. If they beat Clemson, they're going to jump in. 
Guys, I know there's a lot of great games. There's there's a good one in the Big Ten. You mentioned Florida, Georgia. For me, it is, thank God, it is November, and I am looking forward to Washington at Cal at 9. You stole my game. You stole my game. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ken. I just can't help it. I'm I'm with you, dude. Finally, week 10, we're going to get Pac-12 after dark. Oh, my goodness, I can't wait. And a real late-night Hawaii game at 10 o'clock. Jeez. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll never see the conclusion of it, but I'm just so glad that there's football on my television before I call it a night. Uh, yeah, number four for me, I'm going to take Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. been a great story. And if there is a year, right? If there is a year, there are two the two games they had to beat, uh, Memphis and SMU, they pounded them. Uh, so we will see. Bama, we'll talk to you on Friday. Have a great week, Bama Bob. Thank you. Look forward to it, Ken. Take care. Good to talk to you, Bama Bob. Trent and I going around college football. You can follow Bama, by the way, on Twitter. He's at Bama Bob. Uh, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword WIN to 200, 200. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. WIN to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Iowa State uh, in the spotlight next. Dave Sproul will join us from KASI. We'll look back. We'll look forward to find out if anything came out of Matt Campbell's teleconference. Is anything going on with Tariq Milton? Is this really day-to-day or is he out for the year? Some are speculating. We'll find out, maybe, with Dave Sproul. 1460 KXNO, 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Mr. Monday Night coming up right now. Dave Sproul 1430 in Ames. That's where Iowa State plays in Story County. Dave joins us. We'll take a peek back to Kansas, a peek ahead to Baylor. Dave, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. Uh, Matt Campbell's teleconference has come and gone for another week. Any news, Dave? Even less than usual, which isn't huh. usually much on these Mondays. And, yeah, no injury updates to speak of at this point. No real insight into the Baylor matchup or the Kansas matchup. I think he really, you know, he said he had said what he needed to say about the Kansas game after that uh, game mm-hmm. in Lawrence Saturday. And uh, just all about looking ahead now and getting to Baylor. And, you know, I, I would not expect to see guys like Shreek Milton or Trevor Downing back on the field until – after the bye week, at the very least, uh, there might be a chance they could play this week. But I, I would imagine it's a pretty slim chance at best. So there's whispers that Milton might be out like long term. Have you heard anything like that? I have not heard anything about that uh, personally, but uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't be too surprising, uh, considering the fact too that you know everybody gets an extra year of eligibility. Right. So if he were to sit out the rest of the season, and it he'd have that option at least. To, continuing his college football career uh, next year if, if that uh, is something he wants to do. and um, So it wouldn't be as devastating a blow, and maybe that takes away some uh, urgency to get him back on the field and, and get him out there for uh, you know to, to try to make the most of this season. The superlatives are, uh, well, we're running out of them to describe <laughs> Brees Hall. Jesus. Saw this number from Pro Football Focus. Brees Hall has three games with 100-plus yards after contact. 
on the season. Of course, the most in college football this year. Dude's absolutely incredible, and, and now just about keeping him outright going forward. There's been a lot of great running backs that have come through Iowa State. It's hard to rank them. I know latest usually is the greatest, but Brees Hall, what a season he's having, and what a talent. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be hard to surpass, obviously, Troy Davis on the list of great mm-hmm. Iowa State running backs, but he can get his name up there maybe in a you know pretty good, solid second place, especially considering he's going to be a multi-year starter. I mean, Davis had two full seasons, basically, where he was incredible, uh, and Brees Hall is going to maybe have more than that. I would think he'll be back next season, and, you know, that's two and a half seasons of really high-level production from him. So he you know, he might or might not hit 2,000. It's going to be tough for anyone to hit 2,000 rushing yards in a season like this. Uh, and, he, you know, maybe he gets there next season or maybe not. But he, he – so he probably won't put together individual seasons or even a two-year stretch that's as great as what Troy Davis did. But he's going to have his name up, up there among uh, the very best uh, put on the uniform in the in Iowa State history and, you know, possibly even in Big 12 history. You know, I uh... – Am I making this up in my head? Did Hashim Young get banged up in that football game at one point? Yeah, Zuna came in for him. That's what I thought, right? Uh, you know, he is such a good player, and it's clearly that uh, um, Haycock knows that he's got something in the redshirt freshman and Young. So no injury update on him today. Was there anything said about him following the game, Dave, that you can recall? Uh, no, I don't I don't believe it came up. and I, I want to say he came back in the game, but now he's Maybe he really did. He did, yeah, I think here. so. Yeah. And he actually graded out, uh, speaking of pro football focus, I saw it today, he graded out very highly nationally. I think he was on kind of their all-DB team mm-hmm. uh, for the weekend. So he is performing at a very high level, and considering he's just a freshman, that's great news for Iowa State because uh, he's a guy who was a highly rated recruit with a bright uh, future, and he's able to contribute right away. And whenever you can get that, you're, you're uh, really living the high life. Two-parter here. Uh, we're talk- We've talked already about... Decker's coming in, big dude, (laughs) lefty out there slinging it. He can run around. He uh, made the big play. But maybe more importantly for this year, as we see Joe Skates on the receiving end of that touchdown, we have Mm -hmm. felt like been waiting for this guy for a long time. Is there still something there? Is there still hope that he can go out there and be another weapon, be a consistent weapon for this team week in and week out, and not have the kind of performances we see from Hutchinson or the tight end position, anything like that, but a guy, you know what, you can get three, four, five catches out of him on a weekly basis. Do you think that's still there for this season? Yeah, I I really do. Uh, I think he's he's young enough where it's not going to be, you know, really consistent, but is talented enough where he can jump up and have a good week from – from time to time and be one of the guys in the mix there to help take some of the pressure off of Xavier Hutchinson and, and uh, excuse me, um, Charlie Kohler in the receiving game. Uh, and, you know, it helps when you got a guy like Decker just lays that ball in there perfectly for you and you almost can't help but catch it. Uh, but the fact that Iowa State, you know, in the passing game early and often, they looked at to spread that ball around, uh, got Landon Akers involved yep. early and often too. And I, I think that really helped Brock Purdy settle in. And the rest of the receivers, you know, understand that there were going to be more opportunities for them to, to catch passes, and they were going to, that the coaching staff was making a point of getting that that ball spread around yep. uh, a little more uh, than it had the week before. 
Yeah, I think there's no doubt. I mean, go back to the Oklahoma State game. Now, that's one of the things that stood out to me is they don't have a W wide receiver, too. I mean, the tight ends are gifted. Obviously, Hutchins a really nice player. Hutchinson's a nice player, but they didn't have that guy, that, that Tariq Milton uh, guy. And, uh, and just uh, to transpoint, hopefully uh, it is Skates and Landers, Landon Akers had a very good game. I guess, Dave, maybe this, uh, the news, and you tweeted it uh, on your Twitter feed, Real Dave Sproul, at Real Dave Sproul, uh, positivity rates. Um, Look, Iowa State has done a tremendous job in the athletic department of doing better than they maybe than the the county has done overall. Uh, but cases are spiking across the country, and it seems like Iowa State's had a bit of an uptick this week. Yeah, and cases are spiking in Iowa. Cases are spiking. Yeah, I don't know. Spiking might be a strong word for Story County, but they are increasing, and that's going to trickle down to the campus, and that's inevitably going to trickle down to the athletic department, as you. That they they have done a tremendous job so far, but there's only a matter of time before some degree of an outbreak is going to happen, and how serious that becomes uh, is is going to be the question. Not an if, but a when. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, the the job Iowa State has done so far gives you some confidence that they're not going to be decimated either team wide or even in a single position group that would be enough to to meet the protocol for the Big 12 to have to cancel or postpone a game. But it's going to happen. It, it seems inevitable at this yep. point, the way the trends are going. There's, there's Somebody's going to get it, and you just hope that it's a very small number. And from I, I hate to break it down to a football standpoint because you don't wish this on anyone, but the, the hope for Iowa State to succeed on the field is that it doesn't hit somebody who's really crucial at their position. Penner Sally, that missed extra mm. point was about as bad as you can have mm. on an extra point. And then trying to be into the wind a 41-yarder yeah. later, right? And they do that in the fourth quarter. I mean, That's the importance of that. Huge. It's fourth quarter of a blowout game. Mm-hmm. You're really kind of chalking it up. We're looking for these backups that we talked about. That one there. I agree. They're going to need a Sally to win one of these tight games. You have to feel go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that, that missed extra point uh, – Campbell addressed that after the game, and he said the holder actually dropped the ball, so he didn't put mm-hmm. that one on a Sally himself. And then, but to nail that that big kick uh, into the wind uh, late in the game, it certainly got to be a, a big confidence boost after the week he had against Oklahoma State. Uh, Iowa State still has some things to clean up on special teams, obviously <laughs> yep. uh, in the kick return game. Yep. Uh, but if you get a Sally a Sally into a groove and keep his confidence up, you can you know feel confident about him hitting it uh, the kind of kick he did against Texas to win it last year. Great point, boys. I think that's exactly why he was in there to do that for the, for that conference. Well, let's go to Baylor, and Baylor will pay a visit this week. Six o'clock, right? Kickoff uh, mm-hmm. here yep. here on Saturday night. Look, Baylor, they... Uh, they they didn't start until late in September right. uh, when the Big 12 finally resumed. Their well, one win is over Kansas, uh, which isn't saying a lot. West Virginia, Texas, and Texas Tech have beaten them. Charlie Brewer's a nice player, um, but this is a game Iowa State should win and are favored to do so. What did Campbell say about Baylor, if anything, Dave? Uh, the usual platitudes about that. You know, they're a talented team and all that stuff, and you can't, you know, overlook anyone and all that stuff. The thing about the thing that I really know is about Baylor is just how bad of a start they got off to, and they've been hit as hard by COVID-19 as anybody uh, in the Big 12, so they might not be physically up to the task right now to really compete consistently throughout a full game in, in the Big 12. They, they rebounded nicely and had a decent second half, but the, that first half, it's like they didn't even – 
show up. And Iowa State, I would imagine, will be looking to get off to a great start again. I mean, they had two great drives to start the game against Kansas before going into a lull and then getting it back <laughs> on track. And yeah, yeah they, they Iowa State absolutely needs to jump on Baylor immediately on Saturday night, I think, and put them away early and uh, and make sure that they don't you know put any more stress on their fans or their team. Uh, when it comes to the fourth quarter. Uh, that game is FS1. Of course, it's on the radio. It's on KASI. It's on the bus 100.3. And then Emery and, Sh- uh, and Heather, deep into the night, will have the uh, Jethro's post-game uh, sound-off show. Uh, Dave Sproul, we will talk to you on Friday. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, thanks for what you do for us, Dave. Have a great week. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, KASI. In Ames, fourteen thirty on the AM dial. So six o'clock. Say there's a game on FS1 prior to that. So mm-hmm. they start six fifteen. Say nine fifteen, nine thirty. Boy, they're going to be late. It's going to be a late, uh, late tonight. Uh, indeed, it will. All right, we will take a timeout. Mister Monday Night has yet to make his thoughts known on tonight's game. What's the number? It was ten and a half? Is that where it yeah, is? It's up to twelve, and is even it? some twelve and a halfs Eesh. popping here this morning. We'll get an official number. You're already locked in ten and a half with the Bucks at, uh, and you need that to Gavel officially week. get over five hundred on the year too. Oh, so there's some pressure. You got a little pressure tonight. You what got was, the good number though. What was your week? Do you know three and two? Another winning week. For Another you. week, for and you. we sit at sixty one point eight percent on the year. Mister Monday Night's not having quite that success. Well. He's battling. He's battling at that 500 number like you are. We'll find out who he lights next. Miller and Con back to wrap things up. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106. Hi, Miller and Con. God, I love that intro, Trent. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, welcome back. As we a final couple of minutes here on a Monday. Of course, Murph and Andy coming up at uh, 2, the Fanatics at 4, and then the Iowa State Coaches Show at 6.30. Mr. Monday Night, it's Tampa Bay. It's the Giants. Uh, Tampa Bay is a up to 12, 12.5-point favorite. How about this? A 13 has just popped Jeez. up on the board for my buddy Chris Andrews out at the South Point Casino in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Monday Night's going to grab those 13 points. It's on the board. We will grab it right away. Give me the godforsaken Giants, plus 13. A little healthier at the wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get guys back there. What do you think of Jones? Daniel Jones, quarterback. He's not good. See, I don't think he's awful. He's not good. No, I didn't say that. I said he's <laughs> for a young quarterback, I think he's got a chance. You do. Fair to say? I'm, I've already dug the grave. Have you? I haven't started throwing the dirt in there yet, but mm-hmm. I'm getting very, very close to it. Boy, I was I jumped in and started pulling back out after I was throwing all over Drew Locke yesterday early <laughs> in the game. <laughs> Pretty easy to do. It was terrible. I, I like Jones better than you do, but okay. um, I just hope it's a good game. Because next week we get Jets-Patriots on Monday night? Yes. Is that what you said? Middling opportunity, though, for us here. Let's uh, let's get an eleven or a twelve point of victory. I just want to. I just want Tampa to win and cover so I can get above five hundred this yes. week and not lose any more ground to you in our little bragging rights contest we do on Friday. We uh, didn't have our MediaCom show this week, but I also had a winning week there in the picks that we had sent in initially. So. 
Do I get that? No, you don't. We you went 0-2. Well, then for sure we don't. <laughs> I think I should be able to add that to my bankroll because it's been a rough one over on the television side. Uh, we taped that on Wednesdays. Well, yeah. hopefully it's a good game tonight. Yes. Looking forward to seeing that. I like watching Tampa play, too. The defense is oh, so fun. They're they're elite. David just all uh-huh. over the field. Well, he's he's been, good, isn't he? Yes, he is. Oh, I didn't think he'd be this good. No, nor did I. At this level. Yeah. Defensive line gets after the quarterback. It's fun to watch worse. He had that bad moment against Khalil Mack. But there haven't been very many, Trent. he has acclimated himself incredibly well. Should be a fun one tonight. And let's just hope it's not 23-0, something like that, which wouldn't surprise me either. Well, we will be here tomorrow to talk about the big day that everybody's been looking forward to. We'll get the latest on the uh, uh, the NFL trade. De- what did you think I meant? The trade oh, deadline. Yeah, the, the eve uh, of Maction. The eve and the eve of Maction. That's yes. right. Wednesday's got a full slate. Maybe we should get Bill Bender early to uh, give us a Mac preview because well, we we're going to stay away from the other big story of tomorrow. Yeah, we are. As we do. And then on Wednesday, if you've had enough, you'll, you'll find sports and sports here yes, only. That's what we do. Uh, at 10 o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah, we get Bill Bender on Wednesday, so he'll preview Maction with this on there you that go day for sure. Uh, Who's going to be good in the Mac? I have know no what? feeling. I don't either. I'm just so glad it's back. Yeah, but it's only back until Thanksgiving, and then they don't play on the weeknights anymore. They move to weekends too. Thanksgiving week. Well, Anyways. college basketball. Fingers crossed. Yeah, when are we aren't we due for some schedules here pretty soon? Well, everything's blowing up. Yeah, it's true. All right, uh, Murph and Andy will be here to the Fanatics at 4 morning rush tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, Iowa State Coaches Show tonight at 6.30. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon. Thanks for being here. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. The Sports Fanatics, weekdays at 4 on 1460 AM and 106.3 FM. This is KXNO.